Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined by Wendy McConnell today. Thanks for having me. Of course. Today, as with every financial institution, everybody puts out their 2024 highlights or here's what we expect. So we're just adding our noise to that mix there. Um, And it's sort of interesting as you look back on what happened in 2023, basically 100% of people, probably even including me, I didn't go back and listen to the episode, but predicted recession in 2023, right? It didn't matter who you were talking to, some economist, financial advisor, whoever, that uh, 2023, we're absolutely going to have a recession. And we didn't. Guess so <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the same thing here for 2024. Tell you all the stuff that's absolutely for sure going to happen. And then some of it will and some of it won't. Sort of how well, it goes, right? Let me ask you this then real quick. Are is, are we in danger of a recession next year? Yes. Okay. So right. let's Carry start on. there. And you know, the hope is with a lot of these, you, you know, again, all the major, major financial institutions, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, all the, you know, the big names put out theirs. And again, those guys are never hundred percent right either. What we're trying to do as advisors is look at all of those and combine them all together to maybe, I don't know if average is the right word, but you know, some to find because find the middle ground there of what okay. what's realistic. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Let's talk about the economy or the recession first, right? We'll start there. 2023 as I just mentioned, the economy did better than what most people had predicted. The primary reason for that this past year was a lot of really strong consumer spending. People were spending money, and we did some episodes earlier in the year on debt and credit card balances being at an all-time high. Basically, the American consumer said, I don't care what's going on in the world. I'm swiping my credit card. I'm going to make myself feel good. Yeah. yeah, that. um, Just how do I survive the chaos in the world? Let's get some shopping going, right? So retail therapy, as they say. So that sort of helped the economy through some of the rougher points throughout the year. But we do expect that ultimately to catch up with people. You know, we're starting to see news reports and things of interest payments for p- the American people or just not even the American, but worldwide are at an all-time high, right? Credit card rates have bumped up to their maximum. Car payments are higher. All these payments are just because of where interest rates are higher. So we do expect that that ultimately to catch up to us so that the recession that we expected to happen in 2023, and even in 2023, we expected a mild recession, let's say. Um, Certainly, again, nothing like we saw through the financial crisis. We would expect the same in 2024. We don't think the sky is falling. We don't think the floor is going to fall out from underneath us, but we're going to slow down. Some of this growth is going to have to slow. And I maybe I shouldn't make such definitive statements as it has to, because now I'm setting... I'm setting myself up to be wrong again here, but 
you know, our expectation is that a recession is likely this year just because we had all this excess people had all this excess savings through COVID because of some of the pay, the payouts. They've been retail therapy this year on credit cards. And eventually that just catches up to where you people you are going to hit their credit limit. Yes. You, yeah. You run into run into your credit limits, which hopefully is no one that's listening to this. And if it is, let's chat. But um, one of the reasons why we think, hey, maybe the recession could be relatively mild is with where interest rates are, the Fed is continuing to talk about lowering rates. And so as the fear, one of the fears for 2023 was where we're going to hit a recession, but the Fed can't lower rates because inflation is still going so strong. But as those things are moving in back in a positive direction, we expect that, well, if we hit a recession, rates will come down maybe a little quicker than the Fed is currently saying, which will help offset that. You know, again, we're still going to slow down, we're still going to have that recession, but lowering of rates in conjunction with that, which is typical, will help offset the burden there, right? So because we did see the labor market in 2023 continue to be really strong, especially for those who were, if you were changing jobs, you were usually changing jobs for a higher paying job. You know, we there are certainly layoffs that we've seen happen, but still not across the board, right? Certain industries maybe experienced this, you know, interest rate sensitivity worse than others. But um, again, not expecting the floor to fall out, but a slowdown. And real estate's the other thing that people are always sort of talking about, wondering about what's going to happen with real estate, because it that you know the home market has just grinded to a halt under these high rates. But we don't expect prices to come back down at least substantially given there's such a lean inventory there's you know there's not a lot of houses available for sale people who bought homes with a 3% mortgage can't afford to go anywhere else because now rates are high so they can't sell so we don't expect real estate prices to plummet or change too dramatically because of that lean inventory and even you know still some after effects let's say of covid and work from home and all these things where people don't have to they're not typically forced to move for jobs or things like that as much anymore because of this work from home. So, um, you know, we expect rates to come back down towards the latter half of the year, which will help people be able to actually afford to get into homes, but we don't expect prices to change too much there. So a little bit of, I'll, I'll have to go back and listen to the 2023 episode, but you know, we probably were saying similar things. We weren't we weren't anticipating the consumer to drag us through the year as much as it did. So that recession, to answer your question in a long-winded way, we we would expect 2024 to have a recession. You're still answering that question? Yeah, just just <laughs> windbag over here, just going off. All right, Austin. What so, else? Okay. So next is the you know, stock market. So stocks have obviously if you're paying attention to that, 2023 has been a really strong stock market year. We're just, you know, we got back right to about where um, the market was at pre-2022 levels. So um, we we expect and can think that that will continue into 2024 as well, even given those recessionary concerns. Historically speaking, the market typically crashes or falls prior to the recession 
just a function of the markets looking forward at what our companies projecting, right? So, um, and we're now entering the second year of a bull market. So, we 2022 was a bear market, right? We had a drop in the stock market of 20% or more. That's what and that's how they classify that. So starting in October of 2022, we started this new bull market where the stock market has started to increase and come back up. Now, we still think that the stock market's going to be watching interest rates and inflation, but just the sensitivity there is not going to be quite as strong as it was in 2022 or 2023. So if you look at the second year of bull markets, Again, entering is 2024 year. We're in the second year of a bull market. You look historically, there's been 12 second year bull markets since 1950, right? So we've just looked at this economic cycle historically going back to 1950. There's been 12 instances. And since that, in the average for those 12 years, um, measuring all the way back again until 1950 is 12.6%. And it was positive every time. So again, I'm not going to come on here and say, I guarantee you the stock market is going to be positive because then I'm setting myself up to be wrong. But we historically have seen positive performance in that second year. Now, 12.6 is good performance. It's not, it's not going to really dramatically change things. It's not, you know, we don't want the market to take off too much and get us back in a position where we're fighting inflation and things again, but we would expect decent positive gains here in the stock market. The biggest variable to that certainly could be some of the geopolitical things happening. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the, about world affairs here towards the end, um, or if inflation starts ramping back up, that's the, probably the the most likely scenario to where the market may adjust is if inflation gets started. I see you shaking your head. Nobody wants that. that. Yeah. I will not allow that to happen, Austin. Nobody wants that. Absolutely. So um that, you know, so we'll be watching that. And you know, again, our expectation is that inflation continues to slow down. Right. Prices are still going to be going up. They're just going to be going up faster, like we talked about in a previous episode. But all of that is good for the stock market here. So that's the stock market. Now, bonds, bonds are something in the first decade of my career, I talked basically zero about because they rates were zero. There was no real value or we couldn't figure out why would, why would you own some bonds if you were just earning zero? That story has obviously changed over the last few years. And we do think that bonds continue to remain an attractive investment here. You know, treasury yields are up. You're still seeing 5%. You know, even in 2023, we saw the 30-year treasury go above 5% for the first time since 2007. So rates are up. Bonds are paying high income. Prior to, let's say, 2022, 2023, for clients that needed income, the retirees, people that needed to, to generate income, Bonds were just not a good place to do that. We had to look elsewhere. Now we can find really high quality, you know, strong bonds with good yield to be paying out income for people. So we we you know continue to think that bonds remain attractive, even though rates you know we see rates decreasing with bonds. That's actually a good thing. If you buy a bond today at five percent and then rates go down, the value of your bond actually increases. So you may, depending on 
your objectives, you may be able to sell that bond and make a little bit of money, or you continue to hold it, you know, and collect that that higher dividend. So we're continuing to focus on bonds in portfolios and think, you know, that if we can buy these these bonds yielding that four or five percent, which we haven't been able to, you know, we like that. There's really three reasons why we think you should own bonds. The first is, of course, just diversification. We do believe in being diversified. Um, and historically speaking, that has provided lower volatility to your overall portfolio. So income would be the second reason that you own it. So you can just collect those interest payments as they come in and either reinvest or again, use those as part of your retirement income. And then the last reason would be liquidity. The bond market, you know, it's really, especially with treasuries, let's say the US treasuries that you buy, buying and selling those is pretty easy and attractive. So if you are in a position where you don't want to take a lot of risk, you might need access to your money, the liquidity that's offered there, plus the high income, all of those are good reasons there to own bonds. Sounds good. Last thing here, as I mentioned, is geopolitics, right? So we've seen the sort of onset of the war in the Middle East. We still have some Russia-Ukraine concerns. Um, and it's unlikely, I guess you could say, that that news is going to change much um, in 2024. The, the biggest one of the biggest questions we get all the time with all these wars is how does that impact my portfolio? And the, the answer is really, it's not that dramatic. The biggest impact we see with a lot of these conflicts ends up being through oil prices, right? Or commodity prices changing. So there, you know, oil prices we've seen come down, they may spike back up, um, you know, as a result of some of these conflicts, but we don't expect it to impact at least the U.S. stock market dramatically, unless it, things really escalate, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're also continuing to watch China and what's going on there, just making sure we can maintain competitive balance against China in the technology space. They've been trying to really buy up a lot of the semiconductor technology. You know, we're, that's sort of the the battle we're waging, trying to bring some of that uh, back home domestically. So we're not expecting geopolitics to change all that much in 2024. It's not like all of a sudden these conflicts are just going to go away. But historically speaking, there's, you know, these, these conflicts that pop up all across the world don't really derail the stock market too dramatically or derail what's going on, right? We see some small changes around the edges, but ultimately not something that we need to be making major sweeping changes to portfolios for just because of some of these conflicts as, you know, as tragic as, as it is. So that is a quick 2024. Here are the things we're watching. If you have questions about the things we discussed today and how that may impact your financial situation, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, wittenbergwealth.com, or you can text me directly, 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.